Hello and welcome back to another brand new episode of fucking Galaxy of Film. Shit. What's up, guys? How you been? Uh, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing alright, you know. I want to go look at some, some houses today since we're going to be moving soon. Shit. That's dope. Yeah, this is, um, for our listeners, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode compared to our past ones. We're kind of playing catch-up with this, covering a few topics we wanted to discuss in past episodes, um, and a few recent things, too, going on. So that's, yeah, this will be a catch-up episode for sure. And, of course, I'm joined with uh, Danilo and Akari. Uh, we were going to have Matthew again in this episode, but scheduling just didn't work out. So here we are, you're stuck with us for another week. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh. <laughs> oh, how you been, Danilo? Depressed. How about yourself? You know, I've been there. Um, aside from looking at houses, I, I did something. I don't want to say it's kind of big, because it's not. What you doing? Yeah, what's big? I made an account at my comic book store. <laughs> oh really? Oh, that's what's big. Dude, I went through hell to get those High Republic comics. Why, dude? Oh just God. why? They, you know they're going to be mass-produced. It's just because right now the hype's high for it. Yeah, dude. I, I wanted the, that Yoda cover in it for the first one, which Yoda yeah, and Avar Chris. Dumbass paid, what, $40 for it? It's up there still, man. See, is I it, paid, though? It okay. is, dude. It's selling for like $50, We'll see. We'll see in the next two months, dude. But I wanted it physically, so there's two comic book shops in my town, a second in Charles and a Fuck Barnes and Nobles. Dude sold so out at both comic book shops. I spent like an hour and a half that day going to all these fucking places for this damn comic. And I didn't get it. And I was pissed, so I went to eBay and got it for forty bucks. Wait, what was the other comic book store? Uh there's Dragon's Lair and this other one is on the boulevard. It's called like Angry Gamers Game in Comics. Oh, I've been there. Dude, I I've, hate them so much. I've been to Dragon's Lair. Dude, the owner's a dick. Dude, dude it's, it's so odd. It's like you walk in, and for whatever reason, they're open until like 3 in the morning some nights. The hell? Like, That's they'll... Retarded. They have half their building, like, available for those D&D players and for um, oh, Hero Clicks. Oh, my God. So they'll, they'll be open super, super, super late, man. And, like, they have a, a retro game department inside. It's I should feel right at home in this place. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe, dude. I don't like them. What's wrong with them? I don't know. They <laughs> just rubbed me the wrong way. Let's match. Let's match. I've been there before. Because I don't go in there playing these these these, these tabletop games. They, they act like I'm an outsider. I guess these... Really? Dude, they're awful, man. They're so rude. They never want to help you. That's what I said, dude. They're just kind of bad customer service. Shut you know, the hell up. You don't live here. So just because, <laughs> I've been there before, though. So just because you don't play table board games like Dungeons & Dragons, they treat you like, you know, you're like some type of inferior. Yeah, basically, yeah. man. It's, it's I've like been to a Hitler? couple comic shops that are like this, where they'll, they'll be set up for these tabletop games, and comics are kind of a secondary thing for them, but they're labeled as comic stores, so they'll sell better. They're always, like, just rude is the best way to describe them, man. I didn't know there was a class system within the comic book community. It's oh, weird. Oh, for sure is, dude, especially at that store. What the Shut fuck? the hell up, dude. You never even... Oh, 
Anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's odd. They have very overpriced pop figures. Um, yeah, dude, like eleven ninety nine for a pop figure, twelve ninety nine. Get no, out! No, man, here. I'm not spending thirty bucks on a fucking whoa, like a Walking Dead pop, like Alpha from Walking Dead. Yeah, I spent exactly. 30 I saw that the other day, and I'm like, what a joke! Can you shut the hell up, please? <laughs> thirty bucks, Max. I mean, interesting stuff like that, man. Like, they'll have some quote-unquote rare pops or whatever. I'm still not paying their prices for them. That's ridiculous. I'm not paying 60, 70 bucks for Super Mario 3 on NES either. Mm. What? Excuse me, either. It's expensive. You know Mario Kart on the Wii is expensive? Yeah, it is. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. What's expensive? Mario Kart on the Wii. That's That's expensive. Yeah, yeah, man. That's like sixty dollars. All the Mario Kart games are expensive. Um, I didn't know that, dude. I thought it would be like you know ten, just because they produced yeah, them. Yeah, me too, much. man. No, any at least 20. those AAA Nintendo games always go up, dude. Always. Oh, really? I, I gotta get Wii I Sports Resort. Wii. I bought a Wii the other day. You saw that, didn't you, Max? I still have a Wii too. Um, it worked. The Wii's good. the best gaming console that ever hit the shelves. But anyways, man, so I've, since I went, the Macintosh, I went through absolute hell for this comic book, and then I didn't get it, so I was kind of pissed. So I had to order on eBay. So I went ahead and set up an account at uh, this other comic shop to go ahead and get it. And uh-huh. Thankfully, I have that set up for uh, the High Republic and uh, the, the the Darth Vader series. So okay. that's nice. They'll pull it into my little my little cubby. Little I like box. Darth Vader. Who doesn't like Darth Vader? <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and straight in dive into recent news. Um, uh, let's see, Danilo, you wanted to talk about this actually. So Paramount is launching their own streaming service. Yep. Uh, yeah. You want to go a little bit more in detail? <laughs> yeah, uh, Paramount announced uh, during the Super Bowl that they were launching their own streaming service called paramount plus and it's launching in march like march 5th i don't think they announced prices yet actually let me check uh, yeah real original yeah. name paramount. honestly what what original content are they gonna put out there let's see paramount such plus. originality they should win an award what <laughs> exactly uh, oh yeah, they're having CBS. So they're gonna probably acquire the CBS uh, all access uh, all access stuff. You know, that's interesting. That streaming, ser- that streaming service. But I mean, that's the only like interesting stuff on there. I guess some sports. They say like the uh, NFL is gonna be on there. Um, CBS Sports HQ, ET Live. If you're retarded and watch that. Um, and then, of course, some originals, obviously, like that new Spongebob animated one. You see that shit? That oh, the, the Camp Coral show? Yeah, dude. Uh, Jesus I have not seen Christ, buddy. But yeah, then they have a few other things coming on there, uh, which is a trailer, which we'll talk about uh, later in the show. The prequel to Yellowstone, so we'll get to that um, in another. Yeah, in it's weird they're even doing a, um, a Spongebob prequel, of all things. They need kids. They need parents to pay for their kids dude yeah i, I suppose I mean, that's a good point yeah disney's probably the one that's disney's probably the thing that's marketing towards the one that has kids yeah i, I, I couldn't yeah. tell you one of them that has a kid that doesn't 
True. It doesn't have Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know a lot of kids, Max? A bit weird, but okay. Yeah, man. Who doesn't know a lot of uh, little kids? Uh, yeah, it didn't go too well. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But, but yeah, that's a new streaming service. So that's just one of one of nine, apparently, starting to kick off the new year. Nine big ones, and uh, Jeez, that'll man. be one of them. Um, in other news, A24 announced their next movie titled Pleasure, which is all about a porn star trying to become oh. big again. Yeah. yeah. Now I remember reading about that. Yeah. That that sounds incredibly weird almost, but I wouldn't put it past A24 to make that movie something special. They, they, they yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's such an odd concept, but I'm excited for it. Hey. Yeah. I don't know how I'll watch it, but I mean, I guess it's intriguing. Do you do you think this will get a theatrical release? Yeah. The, the yeah. director's name is Ninja. I saw that. That's so weird too. I've never heard Ninja of that person. Cyborg. What the? Yeah, it'll probably get a uh, theatrical release, but it'll probably be just completely under the radar, dude. Dude, but like I'll at least well. here, which I'm also looking forward to moving because this the theater, the Alamo that's nearby up there will play more A24 stuff. A lot of A24 okay. things don't come to theaters near me at all. Really? Mm. I'm surprised Uncut Gems even did. Did you get Parasite? It's Adam Sandler. We, we got Parasite at an arts arts theater downtown. Okay. Um, but we, a, so we got it back for that rerunning thing for the Oscars. Oh, Okay. But like we didn't get the lighthouse here. I'm surprised we got Midsummer. Dang, bro. Dang. Um, what do we uh? Um, our AMC appears pretty good. We get almost everything, and then if not, I have to drive like four thirty-five to forty minutes to a small like art house theater, and they show like stuff like that. Like they showed The Irishman, Parasite. Um, what else came out around that time that was art housey? Uncut Gems, right? Uncut Gems, and there was Joker. There was one more. Yeah, they showed all those. Uh, you know, they didn't show any of the big, like, blockbuster ones, so to speak, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's odd. I don't know if it'll get a theatrical release outside of art house theaters in Alamos, but if it does, I'll see it. I'll for sure see it. I want to see it. It already sounds intriguing. I trust A24 when it comes to movies like those. I do too. I agree. <sighs> Which leads me to my next piece of news and our last thing to end our news segment this week. I have a hard on just thinking about it right now. Oh, Zack Snyder. Oh, Jesus Christ. You don't <laughs> like Zack? Dude, this, this, these last... Two episodes and now this one, including, have become a fucking trilogy, and Dude, it pains me. Blowing him it to get his cut me. of the movie. It pains me so much that I yet again have to talk about this man. Zack Snyder has revealed images of what appears in his his cut of the Justice League, of a redesigned Jared Leto Joker. Oh. 3,000 million nerds orgasm when they saw that picture of Zach. Fuck Jared Leto. I'm so sick and tired of that piece of shit popping on my timeline what and my feed. did Jared Leto... You know what I'm sick and tired of? Man. The Justice League. 
I can't what wait till you... this shit's out and everyone can shut the fuck up about it. Thank, I mean, hey, I have to agree with you on that. I've, heard, I've, been... I've been hearing about this for years now. Release right. the Snyderverse. You know, people are just whipping their dicks out, helicoptering it to Zack Snyder. You know, shut the fuck up, dude. And then now uh, it's finally coming wait. out and they're going to combust in their pants. Oh, and hopefully God. that'll be the end of that story. I, I'll never have to hear about the Snyderverse ever again. And how Zack Schneider is this god with just a massive cock that they're blowing half the time? But genuinely, I would. I'm looking forward to watching this. Genuinely, four hours. I four mean, hours, dude. Like, I mean, and he, hey, he's like yeah, I want it to be a movie, not a miniseries. What the I'm, fuck is he on? I don't know, man. Let's just hope that you know the. The film would have a courtesy to have an intermission, and if not, which more than likely it won't, then I'm just gonna have to watch it and split it up into two parts. Cause I'm not, Lord knows, I'm not sitting through no four-hour superhero movie. <laughs> I don't actively root against movies. I don't think I've ever actively rooted against movies, but this is one I'm rooting against. I hope no one watches this shit. I'm gonna watch this shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm watching really? This With shit. what? How are you gonna watch it? Dakari doesn't I, pay for I free trials. So. I told you I was going to do the free trial anyway. Because I oh, want to see the movie. Dude, what if your card gets charged instantly? Oh, my fucking God. Did y'all cards get charged instantly? No. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, man. That, man. I don't know, dude. I have enough. I have, I have $7 to spare where if my card does get charged instantly, it won't affect my, you know, my dinner for that night, man. Listen, man. Sell some drugs, dude. You're at college. Make that money. <laughs> so uh, Yeah, so I'm in college, so the best way for me to make money is to sell drugs while I'm in college. That's anyways, smart, anyways, that back to the smart. Snyder Cut. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I was excited for this. I was one of the sorry saps that actually paid money to see the Whedon Cut in theaters. Is so that what I'm, they're calling the original Justice League, the Whedon Cut? The I'm just calling it that to defer the two versions. Oh, okay, okay. I, I don't know if that was a thing. Just um, I was one of the sorry suckers that paid to watch that opening night. So at first, I was very excited to see this once it was announced. Now, I just don't care. It feels like he's milking the hell out of this. Um, I was down for the four-hour cut thing if it was released in parts or a miniseries. But I prefer that, personally. I prefer that. I feel like I asked this last episode. But does the Joker have any relevance in the original Justice League, the weeding cut or whatever? No, Joker's no. not even mentioned, dude. So how is he gonna... Well, I guess he added an extra, what, two hours to the movie? I guess he was already in the movie, they just cut him out. I don't think that for a second, dude. I mean, no. he's four hours Cat. long. Come on, Cat. Because Ben Affleck has been... like He's returned for reshoots. There have been reshoots on this. Okay, yeah. that like I said, they may have cut the Joker parts out and they reshot parts of the movie so they could, you know, redo everything. No, I'm saying the Snyder cut has reshoots. Oh, the Snyder cut. Yeah, yeah. This this fuck? version of the Snyder cut we're seeing. Why I'm not excited for it much anymore is because this is still not the original vision. Oh, we talked about God. this. Like, we talked about how we're never, probably never going to see the original thing. Because I was so lost on what the hell the Schneider Cut even was. I just kept on hearing about it. But we did talk about this. It's uh, the last director's episode. intended version of 
the Justice League film, obviously, but since there has been reshoots for the Snyder Cut, now I'm just like, well, then what the fuck is it then? So like, well, Max was telling me last episode that Zach finished ninety percent of the movie. The daughter or something blew her brains out, so he had to return. That's not, bro. Come on, man. Zach started laughing, dude. That's what she did, didn't she? Please leave me out of this. That's don't. Anyway, though, the daughter blew her brains out. He had to cancel the fucking movie. And then Max was saying that they put the whole entire... Like, Josh, we we shot the whole thing. Like, a Ron Howard solo thing. That's what they did? Or is that not yeah. right? He, they they so, did that, and for the scenes that uh, Snyder did shoot and were left on there, he added this really ugly red filter to it. Whedon did? or Yes, Zach Whedon did. did. Why did he put a filter on the movie? For an event that, like, was caused in his cut, so he added a red filter to make the scenes fit. What the f- oh, God, God damn, dude. And I'm like, so happy I so that first trailer, watch this. The first trailer for Justice League <laughs> was, like, Snyder approved, and it didn't have the filter at all. Okay. So you can see, it's it's weird, man. It sounds like such a complicated story. I'm lost on what the fuck cut I'm going to see next. But yeah, it, it just bugs me that no matter what, dude, there is some influences Snyder's putting into this cut based off of Aquaman's performance, 84's performance, Shazam's performance, and um, Birds do you of think Prey. We're gonna, do you think we're going to see a totally different movie than what you saw in the, the Whedon cut? Yeah, dude, Probably because fucking Steppenwolf... Really? Steppenwolf was the main villain of that film... And he only mentioned Darkseid. Darkseid is the DC Thanos, basically. Yeah, he is. Um, so Stefan Wolf is like his second command, and he was the main villain. And he just brings up the name Darkseid one time. So you think we're gonna see Darkseid in this? Darkseid's confirmed. He was—he's the main antagonist of this film. I mean, he was in the uh, little short okay. trailer. Yeah, was he was in the, the Snyder trailer, and he's in all the concept art for Snyder stuff that was released years ago. And that's, I don't, it and sounds like, like it's a fucking Wolf mess. is completely redesigned for the Whedon cut. This sounds like a fucking mess, dude. I'm lost. Um, and but I'm, anyway, back to Jared Leto. It does, but we'll see. And then, so, at some point, while it's rated R, he stated this, uh, I think at Comic-Con, like, a couple years ago, in the Snyder cut, like... Stephen Wolf cuts off Wonder Woman's head at some point. Oh hell! Thank God, dude. See ya, Patty. <laughs> Bro, that's my Patty. And I think, um, yeah, I think well, Cyborg dies too. Off. She ain't making any movies. I think what? Cyborg also dies in this cut, and I, I thank you know, Henry God, Cavill. Dude, what a fucking joke his character is. Henry Cavill wears the black suit all throughout this movie. I heard that. Yeah. Is his mustache CGI'd out still? No, that was the thing. So there's he has a beard in the cut, dude. What the? So oh my god! In the Snyder cut, like there's there was like behind the scene photos like leaked out with him oh, having the beard okay. in the black suit. So in BVS, Superman dies. Mm-hmm. What, dude? <laughs> Come on! He fucking dies, and like the last shot is like his his coffin, okay. and dirt floats above the coffin, insinuating he's alive. And so in Justice League, 
they're not strong enough to defeat Stefan Wolf without Superman, so they resurrect him. Yeah. So some scenes after they resurrect him, Henry Cavill shot with the when with the like after they shaved the beard in the movie. Okay. But he was filming Mission Impossible and Whedon was like, we don't want the beard at all. So when they did those reshots when he had the beard, he didn't, like, he had the Mission Impossible beard. He was like, why can't, or the mustache, he's like, I can't shave this off, I'm doing another movie. Okay, we'll CGI over it. So the Snyder Cut won't have that CGI thing. Thank God. Because the footage where the the beard's needed is Snyder. Okay, I saw the opening with that cell phone footage or whatever. That's the only scene I saw because someone was referencing it and something oh, else. Yeah, I... that's pretty ugly too. I hate that opening. Yeah, they say like they, they're ripping on it on just how brutal it was. So I'm like, all right, I gotta see it. And yeah, dude, when I look at his face, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, later on in different scenes, it his lip will like be- become smaller while he speaks. What the. Jesus, yeah, I'm not watching this shit. So, like, there's for sure things done in this cut that is influenced by performances of the other DCU films. That's why I'm not super, super hyped for it anymore. You think it's going to be a good movie, though? Even though it is going to be four hours? You think it's going to be, like, actually watchable and enjoyable? My thing is this, dude. I don't think the length determines the movie. It's the story overall. So... I'm glad it's taking room to breathe. Okay. And so the well, the four-hour time frame is very much intimidating. So is Endgame. But Endgame so worked. Fucking Irishman, dude. But Endgame worked because it could breathe. Yeah. So, if what ju- if this Snyder cut takes four hours to tell, then it's fine. I don't think the four hours will matter. And as far as having all these characters involved, like now Joker, I mean, we saw Deathstroke in the last last cut, and we're seeing him return at least. I don't know. Are we going to... It sounds like a mess, dude. That's honest to God what it sounds like. Just as someone who doesn't know, like, what's going on behind the scenes, what happened years ago. Like, it just sounds like a mess. What I saw on... It might have been an edit, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. What was from, like, the the concept art or, like, deleted scenes or some Snyder Cut leak or whatever. You remember in BVS, the, the Nightmare Batman suit? Yeah, I know. Where he has the talking. trench coat and goggles? Yeah. In Justice League, he's supposed to wear that at some point. That hallway he's walking down... Yeah. ...is the hallway where Joker is in the... The screenshot. Oh, okay. So interesting. It's interesting that we're for sure going to see this nightmare reality explained more. Yeah. So that's neat. But dude, I'm I'm not looking forward to fucking seeing Jared Leto. It blows my mind how after five years there are people who saw this movie opening night that have bought the Blu-ray, bought the 4K, that have paid money for this shit for for Suicide Squad. Yeah. And they were like, yep, I can't wait to see more of this dude. Ha 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 ha. Damaged. I can relate. I also live in a society. Fuck you, dude. I cannot believe there is one single supporter of this man returning as the Joker. Oh. 
I I actually like him as the Joker. Dude, go off yourself. <laughs> Psych. What a fucking waste of an actor, dude. Truly, I'm... like mm. I don't get. I don't get. First of all, why he's in the goddamn movie anyway. But I'm, this I'm hoping it's just for that nightmare sequence. What a waste! That uh, see that that's just there's no need for that. That that scene will not make this movie anything better than it already was going to be, in my opinion. I agree. Maybe I'll have to watch. Maybe I'll have to watch both cuts and be the judge of it. You know when it does release, but dude, that doesn't sound like that's quintessential. That nightmare Batman goes talks to Jared Leto's Joker, and we hear Jared Leto's Joker go. <laughs> you know, dude sounds like he has cerebral palsy or something, but whatever. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he does, dude. Like that's that's literally how he laughed in the Suicide Squad. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Shit. Straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, it what? fucking I'm... blows my mind that some... Uh, I, I fucking hate you, the people that support this character. Yeah, if you're someone who supports this character, please, subscribe to the podcast. But after that, fuck yourself. <laughs> Sorry, have anything to say about uh, the viewers who like uh, Jared Leto's Joker? I mean, Jared Leto's Joker in... This Snack Snyder version, I actually, I like it. I think it looks more intimidating than what we got in David Ayer's film. For yeah, sure. Th- it, I, I guess. I, I think, Daniel, you said this when we were talking about the little things last episode. How fucking <laughs> Jared Leto's just trying to be Heath Ledger. That's my opinion. I do think he, the dude thinks he's going to be the next Heath Ledger, or he's trying to. And now he's pissed more, and he's more motivated to try and be the next Joker because of Joaquin's success. Like, mm. he's the only Joker that had to get shit on. Dude, I remember when um, the Joaquin Phoenix film came out that um, Jared Little was upset because he apparently didn't know the Joker spinoff movie wasn't going to be about him. Yeah, remember? And now he's, so he's more motivated to be just, you know, trying to get that Heath Ledger Joker. But he's not. I, I don't... He needs to find his own style for the Joker. That That's what it needs to come down to. He, he shouldn't be an imitation of anyone. He shouldn't be an homage to anyone. He needs to be his own Joker. You know, because there's no Joker that's bad, except, you know, bad, quote-unquote, except for him. Mm-hmm. And that probably infuriates him, dude. I mean, Cesar Romero from the that, you know silly tv show people like him and the the film too he's in the 66 film yeah jack nicholson they like heath ledger they love joaquin they love um even the fucking arkham joker mark hamill's joker from the animated series i mean he's the only joker that gets repeatedly shit on so he must hate that i imagine so, uh, I'm so fucking sick of seeing a man, truly. Uh, hate that man. But that, that about wraps it up for our news segment. Want to go straight ahead into stream of the week. Dakari, it is your turn, my friend. What is your stream of the week? Okay, so my stream of the week is on Prime Video. Um, it's this film called Clan of Amazons. It's a film that came out in 1978, and it is, yet again, another martial arts film. 
Well, this one is more so kind of like a detective mystery-ish type of martial arts film, you know. And kind of like Sherlock Holmes in a sense, but definitely more fantasy-oriented, or oriented, you know. Okay, so do you do you recommend this? I mean, it's okay. It's all right. It's um, it's uh, the guy who directed this movie, uh, Ch- Chor Yun. Um, he's known for directing a lot of uh wuxia slash clan fiction films for Shaw Brothers, and this happens to be one of them. And I and I can tell you right now, I've seen much better films directed by Chor Yun better than this because i mean i know there's some films out there this is a sharp of this film too i know there's some films out there that are equally as convoluted as this one but this one is yet again another one that is convoluted and i just don't see myself going back to very often but it is entertaining i was entertained by you know the it's shot really well as a lot of these movies are choreographies though you know, I was somewhat invested in what was happening, but there was so much things happening at once to where I was just like, man, just get to the juice of it. And, you know, I, I guess they did, but it's, it's an okay film. And that was on uh, on Amazon Prime Video, you said? Amazon Prime Video. Um, Clan of Amazons, 1978. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, that wraps up Stream of the Week. Uh, Daniel, you want to go ahead and begin our recap of this week's episode of WandaVision, episode five, right? We're episode five? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, it was episode five. So in WandaVision on episode five, let me pull up uh, the notes. One second. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the episode. I really thought it's still, it's still pushing that good... Um, boundary of genre mixing it's still fantastic writing but on the episode um it we're, we're still in the 80s wanda and vision are still living uh in the suburbs of westview and taking care of their twin babies agnes offers to help to look at the boys we see you know wanda gave birth to twins but vision questions her behavior because agnes does a little freaky shit he and Wanda are interrupted when Tommy and Billy suddenly age up to five years old. When a dog appears at that house, the boys ask to keep it, and Agnes suggests the name Sparky. Wanda almost reveals her abilities to Agnes concerning Vision while the boys age up again to ten years old. At work, Vision reads an email from Sword that reveals the situation in Westview. He, be- he breaks through the norm and discovers that Wanda is seemingly controlling the town. Sword sends a drone in to Westview and attempts to kill Wanda on Hayward's orders. Wanda becomes a badass and points all guns toward Director Hayward. Sparky runs away and, you know, gets murked. Vision confronts Wanda about her actions, but they are interrupted when we see a new face appear on the show who has been, quote-unquote, recast. What did you guys think of seeing uh, that new special character? And here's a spoiler, it's Quicksilver from the X-Men. Dude, fucking Evan Peters, I'm so glad we see this version back. I knew I think we all kind of figured it was coming. Really? You I like really this version better? I, I don't like the Age of Ultron one whatsoever, dude. I'm not mind. saying you need to like the Age of Ultron, you just you don't like uh the other guys acting. 
I forget his name. No, I don't. I don't care for him, dude. Taylor Johnson, he was a uh, kick-ass. Oh, he yeah, was yeah. in kick-ass, you're right. Uh-huh. I forget yeah. about that movie. I, I don't care for that's him. A, a Where's that cinematic movie. universe? That's a dope-ass movie, man. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't care for him too much. Uh, his death and his, his role in Age of Ultron just didn't do anything for me. But yeah, I think we all kind of saw Quicksilver coming back into this into the play within WandaVision. I'm kind of surprised they went ahead and did it with the 80s, even though someone pointed out that, well, in Dark Phoenix, it takes place in the 80s, the last place we saw him. So it makes sense. Um, I did think the line where where Darcy was like, oh, they recast him, was, was pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, because that's just homage yeah. to 80s television as well there. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was cool as well. I like the episode. Um, it's still one of my favorite goddamn shows of all time, to be honest. I already put it up there. Oh, really? And, yeah, dude. Just oh, the, the risk they took with this show, it's a big one, and it paid off completely. I agree, man. It's it's about to get pretty crazy, man, because this is the, like Danilo was saying, pretty much this episode where we, well, he didn't say this, but this is where we're getting to the nitty-gritty of things. We're getting to why... Or who's who's doing all this and why you know it, it's being done? We know Wanda's doing it. Yeah, of course. You know, Wanda's... but is she having help though? No. We don't know that the show's not done. Look at everything they've well, thrown at us in five fucking episodes. I want to put past as far as we know. We're, we she may not have any help. As far as we know. Uh, yeah, man. We just we get into it's getting a little juicy. And, you know, I, I like that, you know? Everything's starting to come together. Slowly. So, back to that thing Elizabeth Olsen said a couple a couple days, weeks ago, whenever, about that big cameo we'll end up seeing. Do you think it was this? Or do you no. think that we're going to get, uh-uh. you know, Magneto after all, Ma- Michael Fassbender? No. You know, you want to know who I think it's going to be? Who? Mark fucking Hamill. Oh my god. You think? I think it's literally gonna be Mark Hamill playing Mephisto. Dude, yeah. I think if we if and when we see Mark Hamill in the MCU, it'll be Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh yeah, shit, isn't he already in Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy? Because well he it's rumored but because before James Gunn was fired from Guardians Three originally, what? he did that meeting with Mark Hamill. Oh gosh. So I, if we, if and when we see him, I think it'll be Guardians Three. No, I don't think this was the Iron Man reveal, though. I think that reveal is going to happen like last episode, almost. You know? You think? Mm-hmm. Maybe. That'd be kind of neat. It might. I don't know. I think last episode they'd save it for Doctor Strange. I'm thinking second to yeah. last. Yeah. Okay, second to last, last, whatever, dude. But I think we won't see it until the last few episodes. Yeah. Overall, I like this episode quite a bit. Um, especially the scene where Wanda comes out of Westview and threatens the sword agents. So fucking sick, dude. Yeah, I agree. Did you notice that she, when she's not in Westview, that the accent comes back into play? Yeah, what the fuck? Well, because she wants this American dream, this American life, in this sitcom show, so she has the full American accent. 
American. But the accent's not there in Infinity War or Endgame. So where the fuck was it then? It's a little bit in, in Infinity War. A little bit. But this it was way more prominent. We, she doesn't have that much dialogue in, in Endgame. So I didn't think anything of it. What? Yeah, I, I, I like the episode a lot. Very excited mm-hmm. to see where this show's going to continue going on. Yeah, man. I swear to God, if this show doesn't get any Golden Globes when we go around to the 2021s, when we're in 2022 recapping 2021, I'm going to be fucking pissed, dude. <laughs> pissed. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian got nominated, but this yeah. show might not. Get fucked. Jesus, it man. Alright, well, before we go ahead and dive into our major headline topics, there's one little subtopic you wanted to talk about, Danilo, for a couple episodes now. Want to go ahead and take the floor with that one about the the HBO Max deal? This was announced, I, I think, during what our, our first or second episode, and we're just now covering it. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you gotta get pumped up for this! <laughs> oh jeez. So one day out of the fucking blue, some executives over at HBO and whatever fucking company that is decided, "Hey man, you know what would be a good idea because of the pandemic." And someone's mm-hmm. like, what, dude? What would be a good idea? They said, we're going to take all our new movies that were supposed to come out tw- in 2020 and in 2021, put them on our streaming service, HBO Max. And that same day that they're in those theaters, you can watch them at home for just the low price of our subscription service where you won't have to pay that price to see the movie one time. You can watch it five times at home. You can watch it six times at home. You can only watch it once at home. But you can also go pay more money for a theater experience. Mm-hmm. This pissed me off for oh. so many reasons. First off, Wonder Woman did this. I'm not upset Wonder Woman did it. The reason why is because they talked to everyone in production of Wonder Woman. They said, okay, Patty, okay, Gail, okay, Chris, you know... Let's assume your movie makes X amount of money. You guys okay with that? Yes, good. We're going to put it on the streaming service the same day. You'll get your bonuses like you were going to if it was only in a theater. They didn't talk to anyone, it sounds like, for this decision. That just hit everyone across the face. Christopher Nolan's pissed. Dennis Valnugu's pissed. The whole DGA's fucking pissed. Rumor is they might boycott the fucking... uh, all of the HBO movies, all of Warner Brothers shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the fuck happened here? What the hell kind of decision is this? How'd they get to it? And why? Just why? Unfortunately, I know sh- the streaming service is going to be the way of the future. You know, the theaters, I don't think I'm going to die yet. But we're getting awfully close, especially with the decision like this. Um, I'm someone who actually enjoys the theater experience. I know Max enjoys it as well. Oh, yeah, what do you man, think definitely. about it, Max? Definitely, man. Low-key, I, I don't know how reliable it is. I think AMC is going to be okay for a bit after this whole stock surge thing going on, man. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. And that's another thing. AMC was going to say they were going to boycott Warner Bros. movies. They said they were going to lower the price to their tickets to three fucking dollars. So Warner Brothers makes no money. Yeah, it's, that's fucking awful. Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> sorry. 
But yeah, so Wonder Woman was the first one to do this, and The Little Things is the second one, right? Isn't the third uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, I think? Yeah, these are the big ones, at least. The ones that, you know, like, they're, Heavy they're hitters. leaving charge with. Yeah, yeah, there might be, like, some small ones flying on the radar, but nothing that they're going to talk about, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, how do you how else do you feel about this, man? I mean, I'm I'm okay with it when it comes to things like the little things. Personally, I would have been kind of pissed if I saw the little things in theaters. I see as much as I didn't I, I didn't hate the movie, but I didn't enjoy it. You know, it was a bland B movie. I would have much rather seen it in a theater. I will always choose a theater over, um, um, like at home experiences. Mm. And the reason why is because I don't think movies are meant to be seen on small screens at all. Especially not for the first time. You know, right now in my state, we can't go see a movie unless it's Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, and Sunday they close early, but Friday and Saturday I work. So, you know, I, I can never even go to the movie theaters if I want to. Usually I go to the theater on my birthday, but I don't. So, I can't because they're not even open. I didn't realize the Alamo, about an hour away from me where I'm moving to, they're not open on, on Mondays or Tuesdays. I noticed that today. Yeah, so it's like, even if I want to see the movie in theater, I can't. So, yeah, Dakari, how do you feel about this whole deal going on? They're releasing the films in, at the same time in theaters and on streaming service. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how do I feel about that? I mean... I have conflicted emotions about it because, I mean, I, I get why people or they're going ahead with the release of them on HBO Max, you know, because of COVID and because some people may think that it is safer to, to stay home and watch these movies. I get on it. But, I mean, they're being released in theaters as well. So, I mean, I guess people have a choice to see them in theaters, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean... What's the point of getting both? What's the point of getting them both released on HBO Max and in the theaters when you're gonna get paid? You're gonna pay for it regardless. I I mean, just for those people that don't have the option to go see it in theaters. Yeah, like yeah. I don't have the option to go see it in a theater. That's fair enough, because not a lot of people have movie theaters, so you know. Be nice if they had a little TV, so you know they can experience these movies on their own. I, I guess. I... <laughs> what? <laughs> real fucking descriptive there, Dakari. Jesus Christ. Huh? I said a real fucking descriptive there, buddy. I don't know, man. Hey, this is what I get for being poor. I don't know, waking up, because I was half sleep. Anyway, let's go ahead and talk about fucking the Super Bowl trailers, man. Shit. I was expecting quite a bit more, to be honest with you. I was expecting Venom too. Yeah, I was too, man. Maximum car Is it Maximum Carnage or Let There Be Carnage? Let There Be Carnage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Well, I said, oh my gosh. Oh, okay, man. But yeah, dude, where the fuck was Venom 2? It was rumored it was going to be there. It was like uh -huh. almost confirmed 
and then nothing. I, I saw pretty bad trailers, in my opinion. Nothing that made me be like, man, I gotta see this, you know? Yeah, I mean, Fast 9 was nothing special. Yeah, um, we only got but... nine trailers, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Fast Clarice. 9, literally nothing special. Um, Yellowstone, you watched the trailer for that, right? I don't watch the show, but I know that's a prequel to the Yellowstone show that's happening right now on um, TCM or some shit like that. It's one. Of the, it's the Paramount streaming thing. Yeah, this is. I was about to say it's the only Paramount Plus show I think that I. Yeah. That we saw. And then Clarice is a CBS All Access show. Yeah, that's that's a little funky, man. She sounds kind of like Jodie Foster. I hate it. I absolutely hate oh, the idea. Who it's, was asking for a Clarice Starling spin-off prequel? Was anyone? No. You do. It definitely is an odd choice, especially because we got that uh, that Hannibal show. That, that's a retelling, though, I believe. Yeah, that is a retelling, and that's a great show. And I'm not gonna knock Clarice. I want to see what they're gonna do with it, but I I don't think it'll be. Anywhere near as good as Hannibal. If it is, more more praise to him. I'll watch it because I like uh, that world. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. all the like Red Dragon, Hannibal, uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs. You know, I, I saw the whole fucking trilogy, four movies, whatever the hell they were. Mm-hmm. And then I watched uh, the one with Lars, no Mads Mikkelsen, and I really enjoyed that. So I'll watch Claire Reese, but I don't know, man. It's not something I'm like pumped to see because it's not original. Yeah. You know, they just—they're not letting anything die, almost. And just just see the breaking story that uh, Wizard of Oz is gonna come back again. Oh Jesus Wizard Christ, Christ, man! Yeah, exactly, dude. So it's like, what the fuck? You said they're remaking it or re- what? Yeah, remaking, retelling, whatever the fuck they call it these days. Why? That's Why are they doing the Clarice thing, dude? Who knows? <laughs> Wizard of Oz, what the? Um, the only I don't know, man. This whole Clarice show, um, I thought the the trailer had some nice visual imagery. I mean, that's, that's about it. Seeing the moth was neat, and the lambs, of course, but it wasn't anything special. Um, yeah. How'd you like the trailer for old M Night Shyamalan's new movie? That get fucked, Shami. Get fucked. That looks interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that dude, looks- I've. I used to really like M. Night before he started making a couple of shitty movies back-to-back. Then I thought Split was pretty redeeming, man. I really enjoyed Split. Split was actually great. I like Split a lot. It was a great I like Glass, too. I hate Glass. Glass was decent. Glass was decent. I didn't really like it at first, but I watched I've it I've never seen Unbreakable. Oh, really? You've never seen Unbreakable? Yep. It's, it was always on TV, like the TV version. I would always catch parts, but never, like, start to finish. Like, See, I that's one of those it. things I don't think it'll ever get a 4K. It has a very cheap Blu-ray release because it's lost in rights issues. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. That's why you'll only see the triple combo pack on Blu-ray and not 4K. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unbreakable's my favorite of the three. Like, a couple of years ago, if you would ask me my most, like, my favorite underrated film, it would have been Unbreakable. Really? Yeah, it's a nice little hidden take on the superhero genre before it got yeah, I guess big. So. It, yeah, a, yeah, that's true. Before superhero. it did get big. Yeah, that's true. Film. That's that's a that's a that's an incredible film, man. Remember Dude. when I first saw it? 
Yeah, incredible, man. And Mr. Um, Samuel Jackson's Mr. Glass is a great character. Um, so when Glass came out, I mean, I was extremely excited for months. But man, that it, came it, out it twenty flat. fucking years ago, dude. Mm-hmm. What Glass or Unbreakable? Yeah, I thought it was two thousand three. No, it's two thousand. Oh, really? It's twenty. So that's extremely before any superhero movies started to happen. So mm-hmm. Jesus, I'll man. That. That's true, man. Um, yeah, I have a, a DVD cut actually of it. I I love it quite a bit. I I like Glass. I know people didn't like it. Um, they had problems with it, but I I actually really enjoyed Glass. Me some too. guy fuck, some fat fuck was next to me in the theater, dude. His he just started lighting up. He like he just started whipping fucking ass halfway through, and then he just laughed halfway through. Dude threw up. You hear him throw threw up in the hall. Dude, that's that's funny you mentioned that actually. Let me tell you my story of glass real quick. <laughs> so I went so like every Thursday in twenty nineteen, um in like and like second half of twenty eighteen, I'd be with my friend Steven and Colin and we would go see a movie together. And so he wouldn't let Colin come see Glass with us. So it was me, Steven and Mike, because Colin didn't see Unbreakable or Split. Yeah. So the three of us went to go see Glass opening night. But beforehand, you know the hot ones, that interview show where they do eat hot wings? Um, no. We were eating, we were testing out the hot sauces from that interview show. Okay. Like, we weren't even just putting it on wings or anything. It was just straight hot, tablespoons of hot sauce. Okay. Yeah, dude, my ass is on fucking fire seeing this movie. Glass? Dude, it was awful. I had before Samuel L. Jackson was revealed, I could not hold it. I had to run out of the theater to take a shit. It was so bad, dude. Like I looked at Steven, because he was to the right of me, but like he had the like a seat between us. He got up at one point. He he got up and moved like five or six seats away. His face was just (laughs) so red and he just unbuckled his belt. Jesus Christ, dude. That that was a story that the listeners didn't need to fucking hear, but okay. So seeing Gladys was a fucking nightmare. Uh-uh. God damn, bro. I actually <laughs> like the movie, though. I, I like Sarah Paulson, so I like to see... I That was the first thing I like ever saw her in, kind of, so I I liked her after that. I think Sarah I Paulson's think so. a bit mediocre. What? Get I'm... fucked in the ass, dude, by a fucking zebra. Oh, God. Dude, I, I can't tell you one thing I, I care for her in. Have you ever seen The Trial, The People vs. O.J. Simpson? Yeah. No. You didn't care for her as Marsha, dude? Who? I don't even remember her being in that, if I'm honest with you. It's been so long. You fucker. She's the main part of it, dude. I'd have to rewatch it, dude. Shout out to O.J. Simpson if you if you listen to him, bro. We love you. Jesus Christ. But anyways, back to... The uh, juice is loose! Back to more of the trailers. Raya, or Raya of the Last Dragon. That looks good. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that because uh, Kelly Marie Tran is uh, doing the voice. And, you know, she got shit on for Star Wars, so I'm I'm excited to see her. Yeah, um, I'm very excited to see her return to something bigger. Um, Yeah. Hopefully better than her role in Star Wars. Um, Better than dude, her role in Star Wars was fine up until the rise of Skywalker. Oh god. Yeah, I will admit I don't mind Rose and like even I don't mind Rose whatsoever. 
Um, I don't mind her in Rise of Skywalker, but she's just not there. Yeah, that's no, why you don't mind her. She's the not in it. That pissed uh, me off that she wasn't in it. Damn, man, I mean, this, that was supposed to be the big Star Wars finale, but you know fucking Kathleen and Lucasfilm have to fuck the movie up, so... There Dude, it wasn't Kathleen who <laughs> fucked up the movie, bro. Enough of this shit. Well, whoever messed up the Kathleen. movie, whoever touched on the movie, the directors and writers, dude. That's because... who takes the blame. No, I don't blame JJ. What? <laughs> you don't blame the directors and writers? I don't blame JJ. Not, not Get for the way. Fuck, dude. No, not for the way fucked. that movie turned out in theaters. Nope. Have you watched The Force Awakens? Yeah, that movie's okay. ass. Get okay. fucked. Okay, so you see how quick cut, and you see how the way Rise of Skywalker was edited, especially in the beginning, and then you compare that to Force Awakens? You can't. Yeah, I can. They're two shit movies, dude. They're not. Well, They're, they're shit. Well, I, I mean, I can understand why someone would say Rise of Skywalker is shit, but... Force Awakens is a dope ass movie. It's actually a very competently. It's a film that's made with care. Yeah, okay? I, w- I, w- I love to see a New Hope uh, colorized, you know, in 4K on a big screen. Man, that, that's what I saw when I watched The Force Awakens. But we all know, we all know, dead ass that a lot of a lot of elements are borrowed from A New Hope in The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens borrowed. It's a whole fucking plot, dude. It's a whole other goddamn Death Star. I meant to say that The Force Awakens is a sens- is essentially a remake of A New Hope. We all know that's the biggest flaw with the movie. We get it, okay? But basically, the Phantom so, Menace... But you don't, blame, you don't blame the writers for that, or the director for that. You blame Kathleen Kennedy? It was a good movie. It was well-filmed. There was no, nobody that, behind that, it. That shit. They knew what they were doing. Nobody it behind was it. What are you held. talking about, dude? It's fucking Disney's behind it. Nigga, the movie was well made. Okay, don't get me started. Okay, at least you're awake now. Finally, it only took a a intense discussion of fucking the Force Awakens. It was a very well made movie. You compare the filmmaking, you compare the editing and filmmaking, and even writing to the Rise of Skywalker. You cannot compare. I'd rather go to two Holocausts than watch the Rise of Skywalker. You cannot compare the writing to the Force Awakens with the Rise of Skywalker. I think I can when it's written by the same fucking person, dude. (laughs) Anyways, I'm not. That's a debate for another time. Because there's a lot. Yeah, that is, Dakari. There's a, there's a lot. There's Back a lot to Ray and the Last Dragon. Jesus Christ. I like this trailer. I'm excited. Kelly Marie Tran's coming back in something. Uh, next one. Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Didn't watch this trailer, but I like Bob Odenkirk. Thoughts, comments, it's concerns. It's interesting. Um, Fuck the Force Awakens. Dude, dude. Jesus Christ. Okay. Bro, coming to America, too. Coming to America. Coming. What was that called again? Coming to America 2, Coming to America. No, Bob, Bob Odenkirk, dude. I oh, did actually nobody. watch that trailer. Nobody. What was it called, though? It's called Nobody. Yeah. It looked okay. It, I, I couldn't tell if it was a comedy, though. Me neither. Yeah, you watch it. I couldn't tell if it was like going to be a comedy, kind of like Deadpool, if it was actually going to be a like an R-rated type uh, dark movie. Yeah. That's one thing I was confused on, but it looks interesting. 
Like, I would like, like it to be serious. I would like to see Bob Odenkirk be serious. Like it looks like Deadpool and John Wick put together. Yeah, the producers I think are behind uh, this one with John Wick. Oh, okay. what was the next one, Max? Uh, coming to America too. Fuck that guy. I mean, listen, I, I can't wait to see that. Coming to America is a movie that I grew up watching. This That's looks a... like dog shit. I mean, not really. No. Uh, uh, I mean, really, dude. That, why does it look like dog shit to you? Explain. The trailer looked shit, dude. The, it, I, you know I don't what? understand why they're coming to America, first of all. And, you know, they're going back. It, what the fuck would I watch? I mean, if you watch the trailer, then you know that Prince Akeem has suspected that he has a long-lost son. But here's my theory. I don't think that's his son. I think that has to be Sammy's son. That's what I think. If there will be a plot twist in the movie, I think the plot twist will be that that's actually Sammy's son. I don't like that. I don't like the plot of the movie. I, I didn't like that also. I didn't mind. I mean, it makes sense. You know? It, it makes sense for them to go back to America to, you know, find out who this guy is and find out who, you know... You know, they're just trying to fulfill a gap. Who know, writes man. this? Who who's the writer? I don't um let me check. Um who is the writer? Because I know Craig Brewer. He was uh he was behind Hustle and Flow and Dolomite is my name. Yeah, I've never seen the first one, man. So I mean I don't really have many thoughts on this one. Um however I, I'm glad James Earl Jones is physically there. Yeah, man, me too. It's a blessing that he's still alive. Um, but the the movie was written by Kenya Barris, Barry W. Blaustein, and David Sheffield, which I have no idea who those people are. One black guy and two white guys. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't know. I'm um, looking at him, dude. That, that that's what it is. Barry and David are white. Kenya's black. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah. Uh, Max, the first Come to America is on Prime. If you want to check that out, yeah, I saw that. When I was going through there the other day when I was watching the little things. I I need to watch it. I'll probably watch Coming to America too because isn't the same as on Prime original? Yeah, Sam's on Prime original. So yeah, I'll, I'll wait to see watch this. both of them at some point. Yeah, definitely all my most anticipated of the year. Um, last trailer though, fucking the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier finally got a trailer for that, and I got to say I'm not impressed. I, mean, I was it, not impressed at all. It looks boring compared to Wandavision, dude. I mean, it look it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't. I mean, they didn't show too much, and that's good. You know, I wasn't like completely. You know. How would I say? I wasn't completely, like, excited for it. But it looked a lot of fun. And it looked like it'll be, you know, entertaining to watch. But I mean, I wasn't, I'm not like, saying I don't too... think it'll be good. I think the trailer was just kind of mediocre. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was. It didn't get me excited for the show at all. Like, my excitement stayed the same. So that's not the goal of a trailer. Yeah, man. But, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing it, though. Yeah, I Where am, too, was... of course. Where was the fuck was the Bad Batch, dude? 
Yeah, yeah I was wondering the same thing. We also got no Bad Batch. That's isn't that supposed to come out this time around, around this time March April May? I think it's getting delayed probably. Yeah, so I think it'll be a summer show after Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really? Probably, yeah. Just God to help damn, that subscription dude. lead up till uh, up until we get that Black Widow release, and then uh, Book of Boba Fett to Mandalorian. And after Mandalorian, to probably have Spider-Man three put on Disney Plus at that point. See, I don't, I don't think it'll be a summer thing. When do you, when are we gonna see Black Widow? You think Black Widow's gonna be same day streaming? No, I don't think oh. so. Oh. Really? You don't think they're ever gonna release Black Widow on Disney Plus? I mean, not same day streaming. I think Kevin Feige's oh. a little too proud about it. I don't know, man. The excitement I had, I was hyped for that movie. I couldn't give a shit less if I ever see that movie now. Not really. Yeah, dude. The my excitement just totally diminished after the third time they pushed it back or the second time. I thought this was the fourth. <laughs> okay, the fourth yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, I'm definitely not as excited as I was before. Mm-hmm. I mean I was I was ready for this thing to come out, dude. I had the Yana Blovagia baloney pop or whatever of uh Florence. Um hair what what's the guy? Agent the policeman, Ho- Detective Hopper. Oh, the the Red Guardian. Yeah, I had both those. The Taskmasters, the Taskmaster. I was super excited to see. Now it's like I'll see him when I see him, but I know it probably won't connect to anything in Phase Four. You know, if they're moving ahead without giving any date um, on when the show's coming out or the movie. My bad. Well, that's a good point. I mean, consider that. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think Bad Batch will be a summer thing, sadly. But at least it gives consistent content with those big heavy hitters that Disney Plus does have. Yeah. Oh, boy. So I think okay, that about wraps it up for the, the Super Bowl trilogy. You want to go ahead and dive into Golden Globe nominees? Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you, do you have this thing pulled up? It's quite the list. The Golden Globe Awards.com nominees article slash 2021 nominations dash 78 Golden Globes. Yeah, do you want to... I'll let you lead this. You want to do this in the first place. Okay, uh, buddy. Okay. Should I go bottom up so I go, I go from best performance by an actor in a television supporting role all the way then to uh, best motion picture drama? Or do I do motion picture drama all the way down to the acting? I think, Dude. you know... Whatever Small, fucking list smooths your fancy, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to jump all over um, the place. I wouldn't even read the whole thing, man. Just go in whatever order you feel like, you know. It okay. is quite the list. I don't think our listeners want to hear us just read out a, a thing. Yeah. I'm just kind of so curious first... on what you guys think about okay. if they're deserving it. <gasps> so the first one is the best performance by an actor in a television supporting role. First of all, I have to say, I haven't seen a lot of this shit. Because it's a lot of TV shows, and Golden Globes aren't really my fancy... So, um, I, I have watched some of the things on here, you know, but not uh, all of them. Mm-hmm. We have Brendan Gleeson from the the Comey Rule, Daniel Levy from Schitt's Creek, Jim Parsons from Hollywood, Donald Sutherland from The Undoing. Have any of you guys watched that? Do any of you guys have a take on who might win that? No, I haven't watched it all. I, watched I think it's it. Daniel Levy because these awards just like to blow him for some reason. The next one up is Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Supporting Role. 
Um, Jillian Anderson, The Crown. Helen, Helena Bonham Carter, The Crown. Julia Garner, Ozark, Annie Murphy, Shits Creek. Cynthia Nixon, Ratchet. I hope it's Cynthia Nixon from Ratchet. I actually really enjoyed that show. Didn't watch any of those. Uh, what? I didn't see any of those. Oh, okay. Or and same with Ozark. Julia Gardner and Ozark. Uh, she's always she's always been good in it. Next up is best performance by an actor in a limited series, anthology series, a motion picture made for television. So I haven't seen any of these, so I'm not even gonna mention them. Unless you guys know Your Honor, The Comey Rule, The Undoing. The Good Lord Bird, and I know this much is true. No. My mom watched the last one. I know this much to be true. Mark Ruffalo got the nomination, mm-hmm. and she's hoping for Mark Ruffalo for the win. Um, shout out to you, Mark Ruffalo. You're an icon. Best performance by an actress in, you know, the same thing, a motion picture made for television. Kate Blanchett, Mrs. America, Daisy Edgar Jones, Normal People, Sarah Haas, Orthodox, Nicole Kidman, The Undoing. Anna Taylor Joy, The Queen's Gambit. Do you guys think she might win this? Oh, definitely, man. Not... Queen's Gambit was a huge hit. I haven't watched The Queen's Gambit, but I've heard so many people talk about it and posting on social media, man. I don't know. I need to watch it. I don't know. I hopped in and out right. watching it with Hannah. Okay. I didn't know she takes drugs to play chess. Apparently, that's it. Uh-huh. Um, at some point, she does some stuff like that. Yeah. The next one up is Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series, Musical or Comedy. Don Cheadle, Black Monday. Nicholas Holt, The Great. Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek. Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. And Rami Youssef in Rami. Have you guys been watching Ted Lasso? No. Fucking love the show, dude. It's just like The Office, only sports. Dude, have you been watching any of Schitt's Creek? Fuck that show, dude, but they like to blow that, that whole cast, so they're probably going to give it to Shit's Creek. It's non-stop on my timeline, dude. That's what I'm saying, dude. It Like, everyone just has a hard-on for this goddamn show. Everybody I can't stand does. Two, I can't stand two minutes of it. Is it that bad? It's a happy, feel-good show. That's not what I turn on the television for. I turn on the television to see real life. So, depressing, crime, thriller, genres, murder... Things like that, you know. Mm. Oh, I, I don't want to see... Okay, I don't want to get canceled. But I don't want to see the, the this happy gay guy, you know, just, you know, singing, dancing. It, you know, I don't want to see that comedy. Um, I will say this, though. The writing on it's pretty good. My dad and I talked about it, and it's pretty good. Okay. I, I'm just not. A, I'm just. I'm just not a fan of like the material. I think it's good writing, just not a fan of the material. If that makes sense. Fair cool. enough. Fair enough. I hope Jason Sudeikis still wins for Ted Lasso. That show fucking cracks me up, dude. And I like soccer. If you like soccer, that's a cool one. All Next right, we'll up, we have you. the best television limited series anthology. You know, motion picture made for television. Normal People, The Queen's Gambit. Small X, The Undoing, and Orthodox. Orthodox. Um, I have no idea. I haven't seen any of these. Uh, probably Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Best performance by an actress in a television series, musical, or comedy. Lily Collins, Emily in Paris. Kaylee Coco, <laughs> The Flight Attendant. Ellie Fanning, The Great, Jan Levy. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Kathleen O'Hara, Shit's Creek. You know, fuck off these. I've heard great, great things about Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. 
Are you serious? Because when I saw that commercial for it, it looks like absolute horseshit. I I've only heard good things from me. I I might give it the pilot of you. Well, I I don't think I've heard of Zoe's extraordinary playlist. She like makes songs up in her head about them, doesn't she? Or, like she has to sing all the time. It's something like that. Isn't it? Something like that, man. Or like the song. I don't know if they're original songs or not, but they they fit whatever was ever going on in the show. Yeah, I I don't know, man. It all these people sound very interesting. I know people like Kathleen O'Hare and Shit's Creek. Um, Zoe Extraney's playlist. It sounds like you said there. It's a pretty good show. I haven't seen The Great or The Flight Attendant or Emily in Paris. I haven't seen those either. There's a lot of stuff I didn't watch this year. The next one is Best Television Series, Musical or Comedy. Emily in Paris, again. The Flight Attendant, again. The Great, again. And Jits Creek, obviously. And then Ted Lasso, Apple TV. I think it's going to be Shit's Creek again. They won fucking eight of these last year. Forgot, for fuck's sake, you know. Mm. Um... I hope it's Ted Lasso. Um, I do like that show actually quite a bit, but knowing these guys, it probably won't be. It'll probably be Shit's Creek again. We then go next to Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series Drama. Jason Bateman, Ozark, Josh O'Connor, The Crown, Bob Odenkirk, Better Carl Saul, Al Pacino in Hunters, and Matthew Rise in Perry Mason. I hope Pacino or Jason Bateman win. Um, I love the show Ozark. And Al, because he's fucking Al, dude. I hope Odenkirk wins, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of Better Call Saul. Okay. Yeah, that would be cool if he wins, too. I, I, you know, all these guys seem pretty cool. Um, they probably can all win it. There's not anything that sticks out to me, really. Next mm-hmm. up is Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series Drama. Olivia Coleman, The Crown. Jodie Comer, Killing Eve. Emma Corrin, The Crown. Laura Linney, Ozark. Sarah Paulson, Ratchet. I... Paulson wins for this. She did great. And uh, as as Nurse Ratched from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, the other people did fine as well. But Sarah Paulson is the goat. The best television series drama. Now's where I want to have a little debate with you guys. The Crown is nominated again. Lovecraft County, no surprise there. Ozark, Country. no surprise there. Ratched, once again, very excited for that. And the Mandalorian. What oh. do you think about it being nominated for Best Television Series Drama? That's weird. I don't think it should, I don't think drama? it should have been on there. No. For drama, I mean, I, I understand. It was on last year, and I understood why it was on last year, but this year, with the way this season went, I don't think it's anywhere near the storytelling level it was last season. For a drama, not See, I don't so think the much. show at all is dramatic. Not so much. Do you think it should have gotten the nomination last year, though? Because no. it got nominated last year. I don't no. think it should have gotten nominated for this category, period. It doesn't fit. Not for the drama series, no. I just don't think it should have been nominated in general. Um, if they are going to put it in or try and nominate it and call it a drama, it, it wasn't dramatic at all. It was quite predictable. It was quite lazy storytelling i mean everything else was you know great um lovecraft uh, country country i'm sorry not county i hear that's amazing ozark still stays goaded ratchet was great um but the mandalorian i'm just not seeing that as a potential winner you know i just think that's 
that's Disney bucks that bought them that nomination. It's, it, hey, it's, it's a decent nomination. I mean, of course, The Mandalorian is a great show, and I mean, I guess it deserves some type of Golden Globe nomination, but like for a drama series, uh, not so much. Max, do you think Better Call Saul should have taken its place? Probably, yeah, man. Well, it has one more season, so I think it'll definitely get nominated next year. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, at least Better Call Saul. Yeah. Best original just... song. Um, don't no idea. I don't. I I listen to movie soundtracks, but I couldn't tell you who the fuck these people are and what they sing and when when they were in the film. So I'm not even gonna mention them. Best original score. I know which one I want to win. So we have Alexandre Desplat, The Midnight Sky. That was the Netflix one. Okay. Trent Reznor act. Uh, Atticus Ross, Man, Mank, Trent okay. Renzer, Atticus Ross, Soul, and then Ludwig Gorison, Tenant. Okay. Ooh, probably Tenant. I, I want mean, Tenant to win it so bad, dude. That only, score is fucking great. The only movie, the only movie that I've seen out here was Soul. You, you haven't uh, seen Tenant? No. I've, I've oh. Not. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I see. The Soul Score didn't stick out to me. Mank. I haven't seen. News of the World. I haven't seen. The Midnight Sky. I haven't seen. But Tenet. Mm-hmm. That score is great. So I hope that wins. I believe it is. I heard snippets of it. Best screenplay for a motion picture. We have Promising Young Woman, Mank, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, The Father, and Nomadland. Nomadland is just. Taken off with awards and nominations. It really is. I, 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 I've been wanting to see that. It's on my list. I want I, the Child of the Chicago 7 to win, but I have not seen Promising Young Woman. That's something I need to see because I saw the trailer for it when theaters were still open and it looked like it looked like it was going to be a B movie that was kind of cool, like a simple f- favor in Gone, in Gone Girl. I've heard great, great things about Promising Young Woman. So have I, but the trailer didn't look too good. So when, you know, it starts taking off with awards season, I'm like, God damn, I need to watch this. So <laughs> that's something I need to watch. Um, I hope that wins or the Child's Shadow 7. Nomadland, uh, it, it doesn't look interesting to me. Best Director, Promising Young Woman, Mank, One Night in Miami for Regina King, mm-hmm. The Child of the Chicago 7, and Nomadland. Dakari, you, uh, you want Regina King for this, you know? For best director, yeah, best director of a motion picture. Oh yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, yep. I, I I could see her. I could see her winning it actually over David Fincher and uh, Chloe Zhao, and uh, I, I could see her winning it. I hope she does. Um, next one up is best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. Sarah Baron Cohen in The Child of Chicago. Sasha Baron Cohen. In Cohen and the Child of Chicago Seven, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared, fucking fuck Leto Jared Leto. The little God, thing. dude, I'm so sick and tired of hearing That's that fucking weird. man. He does That's not weird. deserve this nomination. Bill Murray on the rocks and Leslie Odom Jr. and One Night in Miami. I hope Daniel Kaluuya wins it. Um, actually, Bill you Murray. know what? Fuck it. I hope Jared Leto wins it. Just so Max will get even more pissed. Bill Murray. I, ha- I haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah at all. It's not out yet. Oh, 
Well, but, of uh, course. I just want Daniel Kaluuya, and and it's coming on the HBO Max thing. I just want Kaluuya to win it because I, I like almost everything the man's in. Uh, Widows was fantastic with him. I wanted him to be the new Robin, but you know what can you do? Um, I really enjoyed Bill Murray in On the Rocks. He saved that movie. Oh, really? You like that one? I liked the movie. It wasn't the greatest. It did not make my top five. Sadly, I was very, very excited for it, but um. I enjoyed his performance, at least. I liked the relationship with him and Rashida Jones. That was the highlight of and made the worth mo- or the movie worth watching in the first place. Okay. We next have Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture. Glenn Close, Hillbilly, Elegy, Olivia Coleman, The Father, Jodie Foster, The Main Martarian, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Helena Zagel, News of the World. I haven't seen any of these, so I have no um, thing to discuss. Best motion picture animated. The Crudes, A New Age. Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, Wolf Walkers. I don't think there's any discussion. I think we know this is Souls for the taking. Best Best motion picture of the foreign language. Another round. La Llorona, The Life Ahead, Minari, The Two of Us. I have to pull for my home country. La Llorona, because that's uh, from Guatemala, and it's from France, and I am from both the sense, so that would be very cool if that won. Next up, we have uh, Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy? Sasha Barra Cohen, Borat, James Gordon, The Prom, Get Fucked, James. Lynn manuel Miranda Hamilton, Get Fucked, Manuel. Shut Def- the fuck up, that shit is dope. Dev Patel, The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg for Palm Springs. Andy Samberg. You want him to win it? I not yeah. Springs at all. Gordon and, and Miranda can go to just go to hell and get fucked in the ass, dude, by a donkey. Because those man, guys are most you, not man. talented people I've seen. Man, fuck you. Hamilton is a work of art, in my opinion. It may be a work of art, but Lin-Manuel Mal, Miranda, whatever the fuck you call him, isn't. The best performance by an actress what? in a motion picture, <sighs> okay. musical or comedy. Kate Hudson, music. Michelle Pfeiffer, The French Exit. Rosamund Pike, I Care A Lot. Anna Taylor-Joy, Emma. Maria Bakalovia, Borat. Um, I have no opinion on any of them. haven't seen any of those. I agree. <laughs> Best Wilson Picture, musical or comedy. The Prom, Palm Springs, music. Hamilton, Borat. I hope it's uh, Palm Springs. Or music. I hope Palm Springs. I think Borat does I mean, stand a chance, though. That made for, a based on movie. music... Hamilton is a good contender based on music. Okay. Yeah, but it's music and comedy. I mean, yeah, and people like really comedies more than music. Lin Manuel wrote the entire score. Wow, I'm I'm so impressed by that guy's huh? lack of talent. <laughs> Best performance by an actor in a motion picture: Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal. Fuck Chad Riz Wick Ahmed. Bozeman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, the father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Tarhar Rahim as uh, the Maturian, or whatever the fuck you call it. It'll be Chadwick Boseman, but I just, I don't care for his odd med, but I heard Sound of Metal's a great movie. Maybe that'll change my opinion on him, but I didn't care for him in Rogue One, Venom, or no. the Sisters Brothers. Yeah. yeah I, I, I hope it's Chadwick, you know, because he's dead, and they'll probably just give him the pity award, in my opinion. I mean, Chadwick did a fucking incredible job so I'm yeah it's without not, not deserving seen... it's very deserving of the award i'm just saying I, th- I think it's gonna be more of a pity award than uh 
you know, then they're going to highlight how good he was in that movie. I think. Now, maybe they might prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Best performance mm-hmm. by an actress in a motion picture drama. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey, Andre Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Curry, Pieces of a Woman, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman, and Frances McDormand, Nomadland. These almost all can go to any of them, in my opinion. Almost. Uh, maybe not Vanessa Kirby from Pieces of a Woman, but Andre Day and Billie Holiday won. That movie looks fucking epic. I have I have to see that. Viola Davis did a great job. Frances McDormand's oh, yeah. a great actor, and just the great reviews of Promising Young Woman um, makes me think Carrie Mulligan could possibly win it. I gotta see all these movies, man. Then we have the the mo- you know. The, the Golden Globe Globe that everyone fucking wants. The best motion picture drama. The Father. Mank. No Madland. Promising Young Women. And The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, see, I didn't see I any of those, man. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these except for The Trial of the Chicago Seven. And I don't think it's worth the nod nor the uh, win. So... But that's all about the Golden Globes. Nothing that really stands out except for the Mandalorian thing. Fuck the Mandalorian um, season two for sure. Um, Netflix had the most uh, with 22 nominations. Shudder had one. A24 had one. Hulu had two. Um, Amazon Studios had seven. Focus Features, five. Searchlight Pictures, five. Searchlight Pictures, this is going to be the end of them. You know? Because that was a Fox title, so... They oh, kind of go out with the bang with the five, but to have 22 at Netflix, that's fucking insane. Mm-mm. Anyway, go guys, I think that's the episode of the podcast. Is there anything else you guys want to say? Oh, we're going to cover um, Badlands still real quick. Yeah, we got to talk about that real quick. Yeah, it's, Badlands won't be that big of a review. Like no, I said, for our listeners, I know this episode is a little bit, a little bit shitty compared to others. It um, probably is, man. This episode probably sucks a bag of dicks, dude. But, I mean, this is our catch-up episode. We're allowed to have one. <laughs> Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, like sucking dick. You don't? Okay, my bad, dude. Anyways, let's talk about Badlands from 1973. Uh, Daniela, you didn't get a chance to watch this, so me and Dakar will just talk about it for you. Fuck Badlands, bro. Fuck Listen, that man. Movie. I watched that shit. That was awful. You watched Did it? Did you actually watch it? Did you actually no. sit down? No, and watch I didn't. It? No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It takes place in the nineteen fifties, a mid twenty something. We had a bit of a miscommunication problem for our uh, listeners out there. One week I was told to watch it, the next week I wasn't. You know, some recording issues, so that's why I didn't get but to catch it. This film takes place in the in the late nineteen fifties, a mid twenty something year old Kit, a restless, unfocused, and just a. I wouldn't say a troublemaker, but <clears throat> someone who's uh, just kind of going through life as it comes. He doesn't really have a goal, you know what I'm saying? He's doing what he can. Yeah, he's just doing what he can to live. He's just living life. And he he comes across this 15-year-old girl who he, he claims to call her. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. He, he, goes, he calls her by the name Red, but her name is Holly. He meets this 15-year-old girl, and he falls in love with her, and they begin to grow a relationship together. But things take a turn 
when he's forced in his mind to kill her father and go on the run together, faking their deaths, and they go on this epic cross-state journey, just evading the police the entire time. Well, first of all, going into this movie, I didn't even know she killed the man. He killed the he took he killed the lady's father. So I mean, seems like a spoiler to everybody else. Nah, yeah, that's fucking... a big fucking spoiler, dude. You just ruined that whole movie for me. Anyways, this was actually my first Criterion film that I added to my collection back when I was big into buying a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Hey, just like Takari from last episode. Listen, that was just a whole wish list. I do have some, but it was a wish list. Um, wait, so you didn't buy any of them? I mean, I bought some of them off the wish list, not all of them. I thought that was your list of, like, what you were buying, dude. No, that's... Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, that was more than what the whole Criterion shop had in its uh, library. No, it really was not. They have over a thousand releases now. I'm talking about their website. Like, what you can buy. They might have over a thousand releases, but, like, what you can buy at this moment on their website. It's only, like, a few hundred, you know? Okay. And you were listing off like a thousand, a few thousand. I was not. That is a very much an over exaggeration, but let's get to it. But anyways, Dude, so, I counted um, them. But anyways, Dakari, what are your thoughts on Badlands? I haven't watched the film all the way through because you know I had to pause it for this podcast episode. But yeah, I thanks, really. Max was interested in what I saw. I watched about like 54 minutes of it and I, I really liked what I saw. It was it was interesting. It wasn't like a lot of on the run, neo-noir, neo what It wasn't like, it wasn't a, like a lot of noir western movies that I've watched. You know, and I think that was the point. Yes. <laughs> I can't talk about the ending because I don't want to spoil it for you. No, um, please, please. Gosh, but yeah, this is what's what stands out to me is how simple this movie is. This movie doesn't try to be anything complicated. It's no. just a simple man who, who lives a simple life. And uh-huh. there's there's not a lot of complex dialogue. Everything just speaks for itself, which I can appreciate in this film. Yeah. Let me tell you what I can't stand about it. Um, the score is pretty awful. Number one. Well, I, I like it. I think it's, I don't, I think it's pretty cool. Dude, this has one of the most annoying scores I've ever heard. I, I, I like how it sets the natural environment of the film. Because, you know, they 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 find themselves in, you know, the woods. And they have to make huts for themselves. And they're in the midst of uh, nature's grasp and everything. And I think it kind of set the tone for that. You know, that's why, that's what I, I didn't expect this score, like, this for a movie of this caliber. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I appreciated it for that. You know, I didn't mind the score at all. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, I just wasn't big on it, man. It's it's a little bit annoying hearing the score, in my oh, opinion. Man. Um, I also don't care for the, the actress who plays Holly mm-hmm. too much. I, I liked Kit quite a bit. He's a very charming character. Um, and you see his charm pop out a lot, especially in the the third act of the film. Definitely um, James Dean vibes. He he makes the film. He makes this entire story. He brings the character to life, and I can really appreciate that. 
he is by far the most memorable thing of this movie that sticks with it. <clears throat> and what you were saying about um, about how they were living in huts and whatnot in the specific scene of the woods, the environment is pretty nice, um, very scenic, creates some nice shots to have in the background, um, and it is very memorable, especially when they are staying in the huts. It reminds me mm -hmm. quite a bit of the Swiss Family Robinson, almost. Yeah, most definitely. Um, any, well, this is going to be a small review. I really don't want to spoil it for you. But this is, again, a catch-up episode. So fuck it. It'll be a small review. <laughs> what do you? What would you have to give Badlands, Takari? I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it so far, but for movies that I haven't really finished, I don't really rate them. So I'm going to wait till I finish it to give it a rating. But uh, what, what, what would you give it? I give it a Naboo. Um, that that <laughs> score definitely <laughs> does impact the uh, the rating for me quite a bit. Um, oh like I said, I don't care for Holly, but Kit does make the film. It mm -hmm. was a good good time to rewatch this. Um, for whatever reason, the first time I watched it, I thought this was much much longer than it is. It's what like an hour and thirty four minutes, I think. Mm. Something like that. Wait, um, wait, what did you say? I said I thought for whatever reason when I first watched this movie a couple years ago that it was much much longer than it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's like an hour and thirty four minutes, but I really thought it was over two hours, almost two hours and fifteen for whatever reason. Mm. But yeah, um, you'll have to give me your rating next episode. I am curious to what you have to say about it. Yeah, most definitely will. Um, and if you guys are interested in watching this movie, I would recommend it. It is on the Criterion channel. And, of course, you can buy it on Blu-ray on the in the Criterion collection. I think it's also on DVD as well if you aren't impartial or if you're impartial of getting um, both the DVDs and the Blu-rays. It's the Criterion collection. Mm -hmm. And this is the directorial debut of uh, Terrence... Uh, Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick, thank you. I was about yeah. to say <laughs> He wrote and directed and produced this movie, man. Oh, I didn't know he um he wrote it. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I, I give it that boo. Um, you guys want to just go ahead and dive into recent views before we end off the episode? Um, I had a couple recent views, so I mean, yeah, we we could do that. Take it away, man. Let me let me hear your thoughts. Okay. Um. I'm looking right now. Okay. So, um, I think this month, I, um, besides Clan of Amazons, I rewatched one, I, I rewatched one movie and I watched another movie that I haven't really, like, sat down to watch all the way through, even, I, even though I've seen, like, clips of it. But the first movie, which I've seen clips of, but I, it was a first time full watch, was. Uh, Samurai 1, or Samurai Mustashi Miyamoto, which is on the Criterion channel, and it stars Toshiro Mifune um, in the title role of Musashi, Musashi Miyamoto. <laughs> Bless you, what the fuck? I don't know what that was, excuse me. Um, but yeah, this movie is basically about um, a country bumpkin on the run. From, you know, um, damn, 
He's ba- he is basically on the run. I'm trying to figure out why. Because it's... I haven't really watched this movie since, like, the beginning of this month. But I know he ends up being a uh, wanted figure for his village. And, you know, after being engulfed into... Well, well, he was trying to join the army. He was trying to join the army, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, their side of the army ha- was was defeated and they were labeled as traitors. And this guy, Musashi, who's who's known as Takezo at first, but him, Takezo and his friend who joined the army, um, they, become fugi- they become fugitives of the law, so they have to run. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's not twists, but there's a lot of betrayal and um, deceit. And Takezo is on his own now. And, what the, who the know, hell's echoing? What the hell's that? I don't know. What? You hear it too? Yeah. Who was that? I don't know. <laughs> Must be Udakari, but shit. Can see I'm sorry for interrupting. That's cool. But Takezo's on his own now, and he has to find a way find to... A way to... It's, it's me echoing. What the world? Anyway. So he has to um find a way to enlighten himself on the path of, you know... You know... The way of the, the samurai. Way. And that's how he changes his name from Takezo to Masashi Miyamoto. Is that your? Is that the only recent view you have? You said. Well, that's not the only recent. It was that one, and what was the other one? It was that one, and I rewatched the Hateful Eight, the extended version. Oh, the uh, the four part miniseries. Yeah, on Netflix. How is it? It's it's really good. Um, it's it's just about the same as the theatrical version but there's a few extra scenes in there that weren't in the original version which you know kind of you know add to well kind of add to the basis of the story you know they don't really do much to progress the story but it's interesting to see how everything plays out and you Mm -hmm. know the hateful eight is an interesting movie in its own right and it's 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 a Tarantino hasn't made a bad film yet, and this is one of my personal favorites of his, you know. I really like this revisionist attempt of a Western, you know, because it reminds me, it's like one of my favorite martial art film directors or kung fu film directors is Chang Chang, and he's known for making these films that have a specific number of people that you know kind of hide their identities and you know they kind of you know go on some sort of war path you know same thing with this movie and it's like chang che meets sergio leone who was sergio leone directed good and maddie ugly he directed the dollars trilogy and put those two together you get the hateful eight and i think quentin tarantino is a filmmaker that knows absolutely what he's doing when it comes to him making tributes to these classic western and classic martial arts film it has the heart of a martial arts film but it's most definitely a western most definitely 
And yeah, it's one of my personal favorites of his, man. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I enjoy the Hateful Eight quite a bit. I need to give this this cut a watch. I just haven't had a chance to to get in the mood for it since it's what isn't it like a three hour cut? It it's 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 about three hours, yeah. Yeah, I need to but to give it a watch at some point. It don't really feel like it though. That's the thing. Well that's good at least. It it, it um, really don't feel like it. Yeah, I'll give it a view at some point, hopefully soon, sooner than later. Yeah, but. and I do recommend Musashi Miyamoto. That that's that's a good origin story. You know, hmm. it's it's simple. It's a simple story. You know, it's very easy to follow. You know, it's it came out in the 1950s, and it's a Japanese film in color, so you have to read it in subtitles. But it's very easy to follow. You know. It has some melodramatic tropes that, you know, you would kind of expect from a 1950s film. But, you know, as an origin story of, you know, a samurai legend, it's 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 a pretty well-crafted film. And, and it's very well made and, and, and very invested. So I do recommend watching that one. I think for the only, um, the only recent view I have... Is honestly when Hannah and I took a trip about a week and a half ago on a weekend. We went out of town to the mountains. We mm. we caught the Green Mile on TV. That's the only recent oh, wow. view, other than um, films we've been discussing on the podcast. It's I just haven't had much time lately, man. Mm-hmm. But hopefully that'll um, hopefully that'll be able to change soon. You know. Mm. Uh, Danilo, what's your recent view list looking like, bro? Well, here's what it's looking like. It's looking like Nocturnal Animals, 2016 movie directed by Tom Ford. Fucking love that movie. Then it looks like I, Tanya. I did a lot of re-watching because a lot of these movies I watched when I was younger, so I probably, like, didn't see, like, you know, couldn't, like, fully comprehend them, Mm -hmm. like, to, like, what they were supposed to be, you know, really about. Like, they just look like a dope-ass movie. So... Another one I watched was I, Tanya. I loved that movie when I first watched it. And I remembered why I loved it again when I rewatched it again on Hulu. Obviously, Still the little things. It. Obviously, the little things with Jared Leto. Suck my dick, buddy. And then, of course, I watched. I rewatched Prisoners. Great oh. fucking movie. By, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Dennis Villeneuve. That movie is just absolutely great. I'm going to rewatch War Dogs tonight because that was my first R-rated movie I, I legally saw. Like, you know, my parents went in there with me. Uh, so I have to rewatch that. So that'll be pretty cool. But, yeah, I've just been doing some rewatching. You know, nothing too new. I watched a few TV shows like Ratchet I enjoyed and um, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, that FX series. I like season two with the assassination of Versace. But, of course, uh, O.J. is my man. You know, the juice is loose. So it was cool to see that. But that's all I've really watched. Jesus, man, you're a lot more active than I have been, God. I like OJ, man. What can I say? The juice is loose. <laughs> you guys well, aren't a fan? I mean, I like OJ, I guess. I don't mind him. He's a brother. He's my brother. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I think that oh, about man. wraps it up for this episode, guys. I do apologize for the lack of structure. But like I said, this is a catch-up yeah, episode. <laughs> this is a catch-up episode, guys. So we're going to talk to you next week when we're discussing none other than A24's new flick, St. Maud.
Yes, Most anticipated movie. Oh god. Definitely looking wait. forward to it. Um, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy of Film. And we'll talk to you guys next week. G A L A X Y O F F I L M. See you later, pimps. Bye, guys.